We are approximately eight minutes away from the Lakers and their first-round pick in the 2018 NBA draft. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, live from the UCLA Health Training Center. And, Andy, a lot of the fireworks that people were expecting for this game, or for this draft, I should say, haven't happened. No, we were promised fireworks. I mean, everybody from Woj to Ramona to all the NBA's The craziest draft of all time. This is what we were promised, man. And thus far, I mean, the picks themselves have been interesting, but we were promised a crazy trade day. Where is it? It hasn't happened yet. Um, A couple small things that have happened over the course of the draft, which we'll obviously talk about as the show goes on. Uh, But nothing involving any of the big players. No uh, Kawhi Leonard deals. uh, no, No movement to set up for maybe a Team the, Lake, Paul the Lakers have attempted right. Ramona Shelburne right. reporting. We're going to talk with Ramona later in the show. They attempted to talk with the Spurs about a potential Kawhi Leonard deal. They were rebuffed, Brian. Rebuffed. They weren't even allowed to get an offer out there before they were like the phone hung up. They didn't have a chance to buff, just rebuffed. Um, so they, they were there at the 24th pick right now, the Lakers draft at 25. They also have the 39th and 47th picks, and we will bring all of that to you uh, as the Lakers make their selections. But the big thing, Andy, I mean, it looks like now the Lakers, at the very least, are going to be actually using their draft picks to draft players, which is something different than we thought, uh, even as, as recently as last night when uh, the Lakers acquired the 39th pick from Philadelphia. People thought maybe they're rolling that into something that might become a, a part of a Kawhi Leonard deal, and, and maybe it will be part of a trade later, but currently it looks like they're going to draft in those spots. I was going to say, you, you never know for sure because that deal that Dallas made, the Dallas Mavericks to get Donkic, that, that went quickly. You know, that, that happened right before Atlanta was picking at three. So these things come sometimes, depending on who's available, can break out of nowhere. But what I think is really exciting, though, potentially about the Lakers, if this is not about, you know, packaging 25, 39, 47 for somebody else or trying to get another player in there, they're really good at selecting late in the first, early in the second. It's actually just as exciting thinking about the opportunity to get their next Kyle Kuzma, to find another gem like Josh Hart. This is something the Lakers do really well. Yeah, some names that might still be on the board, or that are still on the board, uh, at least currently that the Lakers have been connected to. DeAnthony Melton from USC. Yeah! The guard, uh, Javon Carter from West Virginia is a name that, that's that been bandied about. Good defender. Mitchell Robinson, the kid who uh, committed to Western Kentucky, but never actually went to Western Kentucky. A seven-footer, seen as, as a bit of a project. Uh, Melvin Frazier, a small forward from Tulane. So a lot of names that have been connected pre-draft to the Lakers are still out there. Not a lot of big reaches, not a lot of big surprises uh, so far in the draft. And like you say, Andy, I, I think what makes this draft so interesting is normally 25, and we just heard Travis talking about it, it's like you kind of throw your hands up and you say, well, maybe. But the Lakers have been so good at this that the expectation is that they're going to get a really good player. Yeah. Like somebody else screwed up, picks 1 through 24, and they missed someone, and the Lakers are going to get another Kuzma. If they got a bad player or a guy that doesn't pan out, they're going to get beat up. Well, I mean, I, I was joking about this uh, this morning with LZ and Keyshawn on the morning show. If I'm another team around the league, and I'm actually interested in trading the Lakers for the 25th pick, essentially, I would let them draft for me. Right. Because they're actually better than most teams drafting what you, late in the who 20s. Who do you guys want? What do you need? Uh, you just, yeah, you dealer's just pick, choice. Pick, pick a guy. We'll, we'll Surprise. I mean, for real, I, I, most of these teams around the league are not nearly as good at doing this as the Lakers are. I'd let them pick for me, then make the call. All right, so the the uh, Lakers are going to be on the clock here in just a second. Portland's time is up with the 24th pick. That will put 
the Lakers on the clock Ooh. with the 25th pick. Intrigue. So uh, not a long wait coming up for the Lakers and that first pick of the draft. I mean, I, you get that question, Andy, all the time, need versus uh, best player available. And for the Lakers this year, and this I think is going to be a lot of what we talk about tonight, it, they don't know what they need because when July 1st comes around, is it going to be Paul George and LeBron James and maybe you swing a trade then for another star with some of those young guys? Or is it going to be re-sign Randall? Maybe you get George. There's so many different combinations that the Lakers can't really figure out exactly what the roster is going to look like in three weeks. You don't know what you need, so I think you take the best player. Well, I mean, you take the best player, but I think at the same time, even if you don't know exactly what you need position by position because the roster could be different, you do know what you covet in terms of what you look for mm-hmm. in a player, what you look for in a system. And that being the case... You know you want shooting, you know you want defense, and you know you want guys who are switchable. Like in terms of just sort of a general ethos, that's what the Lakers are looking for. That's how they want to play unless they radically change what they're going to be doing come July 1st. Yeah, and I think that's part of it. You're sort of talking about like the ethos of how uh, the type of play, regardless of position, that the Lakers are looking for. And obviously, 29th in the league last year in shooting, it doesn't matter if you're talking about a guy who's 6'2", or, you know, 6'10". They want somebody who can come in and fill that. And all the guys, Andy, that have been connected to him, a lot of them at least, uh, like uh, Kevin Herter, who who went a few picks earlier to Atlanta, those types of players who are all in that sort of 6'7", can shoot a little bit, can pass a little bit, they sound like Larry Nance. They sound like Josh Hart. They sound like a lot of these guys who are versatile in that way. I don't think they want a one-trick pony in any way, shape, or form. No, I mean, that Luke came from that Golden State system. You know, Luke played under Phil Jackson with the triangle, you know, where, where they've, they've valued that interchangeability. And you can see that, you know, they don't want redundancy in their players. They don't want all the same guys. But at the same time, you do want to make sure that you have guys with a lot of different skill sets because, for example, as we saw with Jordan Clarkson, you know, he is a good scorer. You know, he's somebody that, you know, the finals notwithstanding, the playoffs with Cleveland notwithstanding, he's somebody who you can take and put off the bench and you know. He's an actual, he's a real NBA player. Yeah, he's a real NBA player, but I'm saying you know he can get his points, but then you debate what else can Jordan Clarkson actually do. And the Lakers, I think, are looking to avoid players like that. If you look at the guys who could potentially at least be part of their young core moving forward, none of them can do only one Maybe right. two and that's the, that's the new NBA. And the Lakers, by the way, three minutes and 48 seconds left uh, in the, for their five minutes as they make their first round selection at 25. Um, some of the, the, the names, according to ESPN.com, uh, best available, Mitchell Robinson still out there. Uh, D'Anthony Melton. D'Anthony Melton still Interesting, out there. Interesting, actually, power Port- forward. Portland from, taking Anthony Simons. That's somebody that the Lakers had actually been linked to as well. He'd be mm-hmm. considered something of a young project. 19 years old, didn't go to college. The young, I think he's the youngest mm-hmm. eligible player in the draft. Yeah, he went to uh, the IMG Academy. And that's an interesting pick. How's their Portland? history program? <laughs> it's, it's not heavy it's on the academics AP there. courses did but, he I mean, that's an interesting pick, there. though, for Portland, though, just because given everything they've been going through this offseason, and you know that they're trying to sell... Damian Lillard on their ability to win right, right now. now. Pick a 19-year-old kid who that's is an, raw as can be. An odd, odd pick for Portland. Down, it actually makes you wonder if Portland may have something afoot, too, in terms of what their offseason is And that's really be. what's... what's. It looks like we're going to get through the draft, and everybody, to use the favorite Steve Mason expression, is going to keep their powder dry um, and, and look at this free agency 
uh, setup. There's no team thus far that has opened up cap space by moving a contract or anything like that. There's no team that's used their cap space that they might have had to take on some player. So it looks like everybody's just going to wait for July 1, and the teams that have space, the Lakers, the Sixers, those, those Dallas. Teams, Dallas, those teams are going to have the same amount of space when July 1st comes around, um, and that is going to be when it gets completely insane. Now, I do think, though, as much as we were promised draft day action and thus far it has not happened, there have been a lot of people saying that they expect big names to be moving during this offseason because there's so many teams right now that are either like the Lakers looking to really build something different potentially, but also, too, like teams like the Wizards or the Raptors, Portland, who are sort of stuck and may need to just make a change right, for the sake of up. right, just for the sake of avoiding staleness. And we'll get into what that means for the Lakers going on. But the, the big news for the day, and obviously we'll talk about that first. Kawhi Leonard, um, being as as uh, Ramona Shelburne and Adrian Wojnarowski have reported, rebuffed by San Antonio. They made the call for Kawhi Leonard, and thus far it doesn't look like uh, Greg Popovich has any interest in sending Kawhi Leonard to Los Angeles. But Kawhi is reportedly putting out the signal that. Come 2019, he's going to tell whatever team they do trade him to, don't bother, I'm coming here. Um, so well, that and also some big news about LeBron James from Brian Windhorst. Uh, but the Lakers are about a minute away from their time expiring. So we'll, we'll obviously keep an eye on that. Um, and it, it, it's going to be interesting what they say because they, they can take – anyone this roster is flexible they've got young talent in places and like we say andy we don't know exactly what you know what the roster is going to look like Like, in a week the next two like next two weeks for the lakers are going to be so fluid and so potentially difficult to predict it's going to be really exciting to watch it's going to be for a lot of fans scary to watch a little bit like yeah but they're there there's so much anticipation and the upside is so incredibly high and there aren't a lot of different ways that they could mess this thing up, which is really the upside of what they're going through right now. But it's still going to have fans on pins and needles because so much could be changed in like a week and a half. Right. So we're keeping an eye on the free agency. We're keeping an eye on when Adam Silver is coming back to the podium with the Lakers pick at 25. Um, oh, man. I just I, 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 This is exciting because, like, again, normally you say 25th pick. We don't know who they are. We don't know if they're going to be any good. But the Lakers have such a good track record picking guys that you say to yourself, well, he's probably going to be pretty good. Yeah. I, I expect the 25th pick to come in and be a really good player, which is completely unfair, but a testament to the kind of work that the Lakers scouting department have, uh, has done over the last few years. So um, it, it's, it, I, I think... We, I think okay. here we go. We got here we go. It. Well, the Lakers are coming to the, the podium here. Adam Silver bringing the Lakers 25th pick. Twenty fifth pick in the 2018 NBA draft. The Los Angeles Lakers select Moritz Wagner from Berlin and the University of Michigan. So there you have it. Did you have Moritz Wagner on your list, Andy? Yeah, nailed it. <laughs> uh, he's a seven footer, two, seven feet, two hundred and forty one pounds from Michigan by way of Berlin. He is from out of town. Uh, considered uh, by ESPN in the pre-draft analysis, uh, a polished big, a lot of skills, has the ability to stretch the floor. He can take shots. He can move the ball. He he profiles Andy as one of these you know very typically skilled uh, European big men. 
Um, so it's, I mean, it's a little bit interesting to see the Lakers go with a big like that. Yeah, it's very interesting. I mean, trying to figure out, okay, how does he fit into you know, the type of spacing that they want, but also to the type of defensive schemes. Like one of the things we saw with Julius Randle this year was that ability that he developed to switch and really guard positions, you know, one through five at times pretty effectively. This is a guy that, you know, forget the type of minutes that he'll be competing with potentially if he's on the roster with Thomas Bryant or somebody like that. This, the way the Lakers want to play, he's He's not somebody who seems like an automatic, e- you know, fit easy to imagine. All right, so we'll talk a little bit about uh, a little more about Mo Wagner, the newest Laker taken with the twenty-fifth pick. Uh, give you an idea of what's coming up with the thirty-seventh and thirty-ninth uh, and forty-seventh picks as well in the second round, uh, and talk to all the folks. Ich benign are- Laker <laughs> in the uh, in the draft room who can bring us the information and all the news about free agency. That's all coming up next. Kamenetsky Brothers, it's the Lakers draft show on ESPN LA. Kamenetsky Brothers live from the UCLA UCLA. LA Health Training Center, the Lakers facility down in El Segundo. The Lakers, Andy, have made their first pick of tonight's draft with number 25. They take Moritz Wagner, a seven-footer from Michigan, seven feet, 240 pounds, uh, a big kid who is like a lot of you know sort of modern bigs, less a post player and more a a shooter, a uh, good solid perimeter shooter at Michigan. Spent two years there, uh, shot near forty percent, near forty percent, I should say, from three point range um, this season. And so, you know, he's a guy, Andy, who was projected a little further down in a lot of the mock, uh, mock drafts for whatever those are worth. Um, so I'm sure there's some Laker fans right now wondering, was that a reach? Could they have gotten him later? Was he the guy they could have picked in the second round? They're reacting right. exactly the same way. That and not, this is where I was going. Not just the reaction to Kyle Kuzma last year, but Larry Nance Jr. two years ago. Correct. And you know, I think what's important to remember, too, is once you get into you know 18 through about 35, it really comes down to what do you want, who do you like, who do you think fits in, like you said, Andy, earlier, into that sort of the ethos that you want, the style of play, regardless of position. And if, if you do want to project what the Lakers might need, Brooke Lopez very likely on his way out. The Lakers do have a hole at center, and you want a guy who can come in, particularly now, and stretch the floor a little bit. And if you think, Andy, that you might be a team that has Julius Randle on it, going forward to have a five who can come in and stretch the floor as Lopez did last year and let Randall work a little bit closer to the basket. That actually does make a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting in, in some ways he reminds me of a Thomas Bryant who may not be quite as mobile, but you know, there, there's a similarity in skill set. you know, Thomas Bryant, who a lot of Laker fans didn't see because he spent most of the year in the G league. He's got a good outside touch. He can actually play make. He's, he's somebody. Oh, he's, yeah, he, he blew up the G League. I was going to say, he's somebody that Laker fans shouldn't mistake not playing much this year as disappointment on behalf of the team. Everything I've ever been told or heard is they're high on Thomas Bryant. Oh, absolutely. And they should be. He was one of the best young players in the G League last year. And the only reason he didn't play. Uh, as much for the Lakers is because the other young players that the Lakers had all played so well. There really wasn't anywhere for uh, for Thomas Bryant to play. So uh, Moritz Wagner, 14.5 points a game last year at Michigan, shot 39% from three. That's obviously one of the big um, appeals to his skill set. Um, he's from Berlin, uh, Andy, and I've been there. Very, he, yes, I was there. By the way, before the wall came down. That's <laughs> seriously. That, I mean, hey, let you know how long ago I was there, but it's a cool city. He worked out with the Lakers twice, both uh, early June and then on the 18th. 
And, you know, he's a durable player. He's a guy who can shoot from the outside and seems to fit that, that skillful big man profile that a lot of teams are looking well, here's for. Here's something I think is interesting, too, is that he's played for the German national team, which means he's probably gotten more experience than a lot of kids drafted against adults. You know, and he, like playing against, you know, more fully formed players, you know, that, that type of, you know, that type of access to playing, as the saying goes, against grown-ass men. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's valuable for a lot of these kids. So uh, the, the, one of the, the comps that I've seen so far, and this will surprise people because we are incredibly lazy, Andy, when it comes to this sort of thing. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Dirk? No, no. <laughs> okay. Frank Kaminsky. Frank Kaminsky. Another tall white fellow that can shoot. So oh, well, well, there you go. at least you know, Kaminsky's American, so they were stretching they, a little bit. They stretched beyond <laughs> They Europe. didn't want to be lazy about this thing. Um, so we'll, we'll obviously keep talking about uh, Moritz Wagner uh, as the evening goes on. We'll try to get a little more information about him, hopefully hear from him and hear from uh, Rob Palenka as the show goes on to hear why the Lakers liked him so much, what appealed to them. Uh, but, Andy, I mean, the, the big news really – is that nothing has happened to change the landscape. And so right now, if you're looking at what the Lakers are going to be doing going forward, drafting Mo Wagner does not change the, the, the July 1 plan of maybe you go get Paul George, maybe Kawhi Leonard is out there. The Lakers tried apparently to, draft, uh, to trade for him uh, to make an offer. The Spurs say no thank you. We'll talk to Ramona Shelburne about that. LeBron James uh, via Brian Windhorst today on the jump. The pre-draft coverage said, uh, Wendy said that it's either going to be Cleveland or L.A. Like for family purposes, and we'll bring you that sound too as it goes on. So right now, things are still lining up for the Lakers when July 1st rolls around to make some big splashes. Yeah, I mean, and, and a guy like Wagner, you never know where he could potentially end up. Over the next couple of weeks, I mean, you have the ability to move all these guys. You have the ability to move picks in the second round, whatever. There, there's still a lot about tonight and the next week and a half that's really fluid. But all the possibilities that you can picture right now for Laker fans, it's so exciting. I mean, it's like it's one of those times where your imagination really can't run too well, it's wild. Fu- it's funny. Yeah, it's funny. I wrote about this this morning. The Lakers last night traded for the 39th pick in the draft. This is you know a nice little trade. A top forty guy can be valuable. They traded a, a pick next year, and what made that fascinating, Andy, is that everybody you could read anything into that that you wanted. You could read into it. They had another player that they really wanted. You could read into it. They're trying to get another asset to roll into a Kawhi deal, whatever it might be. And the and it's because uh, the front office. Their plan, their overall plan of being able to do anything, have the cap space to sign free agents, have the, the ability to absorb a star like Kawhi Leonard in a trade, whatever it might be, it's working. Because if you can get people freaking out that much over 10 other things that might happen because you acquired the 39th pick yeah. in the draft, you're doing something right. I mean, everything from the Lakers just want to keep test, retesting their ability to find guys late in the draft who can actually play to they're just collecting assets for a future trade to they're expecting a very expensive big three right and they may need to look for less expensive options just to fill out the 11th 12th man on their roster right exactly e- everything feels in play and that's awesome it really is and and it, the next three weeks are going to be bonkers yep i mean just absolutely 100 percent bananas because the the smoke around LeBron, the smoke around Paul George, um, and and all that stuff is 
is is there. I mean, at, at some point, the smoke has to be legit. Now you hear again, Brian Windor saying it's down to Cleveland and it's down to L.A. Well, I mean, I saw what happened in the playoffs to the Cleveland Cavaliers. So unless he just says, for family reasons, I just don't, I want to move, this is where I mean, I'm from. Specifically, yeah, Wind- whatever it might specifically, be. Specifically, Brian Windhorst cited that he doesn't think LeBron's family will be comfortable in Houston. Right. Like, that's what really, that's what really kicked off this conversation because Houston, in theory, has Chris Paul, one of LeBron James's best, fr- best friends. They're a team that took Golden State to seven without Chris Paul there for games six and seven. It's easy to it's easy to think that if Chris Paul had been available, Houston might win that series. So that's an appealing team, at least on paper, for basketball reasons for LeBron. But if really family is going to have that big of a vote, the Lakers could be in a really good position. Yeah. So just to kind of recap what's been going on so far tonight, there was a lot of chatter, Andy, but going coming into the draft that this was going to be hugely, uh, you know, one of these monumental player movement type deals where bodies are flying all over. You mentioned, you know, Damian Lillard, Portland might break that up. Is John Wall or Bradley Beal going to be on the move or DeMar DeRozan or, or something like that? Um, is that going to be coming up um, at some point over the course of, uh, of, the, uh, of the draft? None of that has happened. But that's news in and of itself. That opens up things for the Lakers. Um, we do have some stuff. The, the, uh, Moritz Wagner was uh, interviewed on ESPN following the selection by the Lakers at number 25. This is what he had to say. My home team, Albert okay. Berlin, my first club, and then Michigan. And, yeah, means a lot. What did both of those things coming together as you close your jacket up mean for where you are right now? It's, uh, it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of people. That helped you out to get to this point. I'm so incredibly grateful to be here, you know. This is, uh, I'm speechless, truly speechless. You also uh, led Michigan in scoring in the NCAA tournament. It was a big part of the reason why you're able to walk across this stage. I mean, how did the way your season ended lead you to this moment? Yeah, I mean, Coach Beeline helped me out so much. The whole staff, they all here, you know, they support me so much. It's crazy. I'm so grateful to all, have all these great people around me, you know. Without them, I, I couldn't do this. Uh, it means so much to me. As you take your step to the next level, what do you want Lakers fans to know about who Mo is? I'm just going to give it all, my 100% every day. That's all that matters. I love basketball. And, uh, yeah, whatever happens, happens. But I'm going to love it, and uh, I'm going to leave it all out there. Well, congratulations, Thank Mo. Thanks so much. Thanks, I appreciate it. I heard Berlin, Andy. I mean, he sounds like he's from Modesto. <laughs> we were we were told it might be a little choppy there, but no. I mean, he speaks uh, better English than I do. All right. Uh, the big news of the day, Ramona Shelburne, uh, she wrote about it for ESPN. The Lakers have made an offer, at least tried to make an offer, for Kawhi Leonard. And we'll tell you what the Spurs said. Ramona will bring that to us. That's next. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. It's a Lakers draft show on ESPN LA. Yes, that sound you heard with the Lakers drafting the 25th pick, that scream, that was Ben Lyons hearing the Lakers drafted a Michigan alum. He was very excited about that. Uh, Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, joined by Ramona Shelburne. Uh, the Lakers have drafted Mo Wagner from uh, Michigan. Listen. You, you cool with that? <laughs> Yeah, Mo Mo Mo. Nice. Works for me. that's such a Michael Thompson joke. Oh, he, he that is so something Michael Thompson some, would say. They got momentum from that pick. <laughs> yeah, th- yeah. Michael's gonna have a field day with this. Oh yeah. This is like shooting fish in a barrel. It for really Michael. is. It's so easy. Yeah, you know who else went to Michigan? 
Lakers general manager, oh, Rob, Rob Palenka. Oh, didn't this, even think about is that. Is this going to be the beginning How of Mona? You, you're supposed to be like a professional here. I was, just I was too busy trying that. to figure out who the hell is in. Mo Wagner. Right. <laughs> like a composer the from the 17th century. I know. Is this going to be one of those deals where Mitch like kept drafting guys Carolina. from North Carolina and now we're going to get the Michigan pipeline because of Palenka? Like, who like is this. the Kendall Marshall of, <laughs> of Michigan <laughs> basketball? Because like, that guy's coming. Yeah. All right. So, Ramona, the big news today, of course, is the sort of non-news, I guess, with Kawhi Leonard. No big trades there. Uh, The Lakers, as you report, made an offer or at least wanted to make an offer. No, they never got to that point. What happened here? It was sort of like, do not pass go, do not collect $200, do not continue the conversation. Like, it was a very brief conversation, and I put it in polite terms. I don't know that the terms that were actually used were all that polite, but they called the Spurs express interest. Especially, I mean, you would have to do that, right? After Kawhi Leonard's camp, let's it be known he wants out, and his preferred destination is the Lakers. Like, obviously, that's when you make the call and say, "Well, you know, if, if, you, you know, how, what do you think? Maybe yeah. Our people will talk to your yeah. people. You know, that's when you would do it, right? But they made the phone call, and San Antonio said, "No, thank you, sir." I mean, were they allowed <laughs> to talk long enough that they could explain why they were calling? No. Wow. <laughs> wow. What if, what if they're saying, we just want Patty Mills? Like, they, they never even got to that. Nope. Wow. Nope, there was no players discussed. It was a very short conversation. So basically... It has not continued. They it has not resumed. They saw a 310 on the caller ID and let it go to voicemail. Well, that could have been the Clippers, too. <laughs> right, that's true. <laughs> so they did pick up. I don't even think it was R.C. Buford on the call. I, I, I think it was like... I mean, did they get, like, a middle finger emoji, at least? Like, anything? I mean, the way... <laughs> I, I no, but something to that effect. <laughs> right. Okay, so where do you, Ramona? Where do you think this goes from here? As far as the, the Lakers yeah. specifically, but just Kawhi. Generally? Well, th- today was very interesting for me because this was the first threshold that San Antonio had to decide on what was going to happen with Kawhi. Right? Like, if you, you know, the the Clippers or the other team in Los Angeles that he would, you know, he's sort of expressed an interest in here. Uh, they had twelve and thirteen, and now twelve and thirteen are actual players. So. If the draft goes by and he doesn't move, then what's next? I mean, you, Paul George didn't move last year at this time. He moved on June 30th, right before free agency. Uh, Jimmy Butler moved last year at this time. So sometimes you see people move on draft day because you there's a player you really like. And sometimes they wait till free agency. Sometimes after free agency, you saw Kyrie didn't get Kyrie Irving didn't get traded until August. Um, so. Let's, you know, I don't, my understanding is San Antonio is not in any hurry to do anything right. here. They, this is a franchise altering move for them. It, whether to trade him, when to trade him, who to trade him for, how to pull this off. And they still could work, they still could not trade him. They still could decide we're going to try to keep talking to him. All right, Lakers draft show, Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky from, live from the Lakers facility in El Segundo, talking to Ramona Shelburne. It's funny you mentioned Paul George because a lot, I think, of maybe what mm-hmm. impacted some of that was, him putting out those that that noise that look guys there's a really good chance I'm going yeah. to LA anyway next summer and part of what you reported out was that Kawhi was saying that he's going to he's telling people he's going to go to Los Angeles didn't say the Lakers didn't say the Clippers but going to Los Angeles no, I in think 2019 the Lakers are the preference yeah right. but uh, but yeah. how much does that impact I think it impacts the whole league because as we have talked about many times nobody wants to be a part of helping the Lakers like there's you just 
they're just one of those franchises that there's this sense that, oh, they get everything. Oh, they're so lucky. Oh, they so they pull a rabbit out of a hat all the time. They get shocked. I mean, it has been a while. Like, you know, these people ought to let go. You know, the Lakers have been through some pretty Look, I mean, karmically, that Chris Paul thing probably should have, like, shifted that whole dynamic, right? Hashtag never forget. Yeah. And then a couple of years later, you get the double whammy of Dwight Howard and Steve Nash. I mean, that didn't go well. Okay, right? me, so, like, <laughs> I mean, I, I think the Lakers have done their no suffering. revisionist history, Ramona. <laughs> that didn't go well. <laughs> they so, made like, the like, playoffs. Karmically, like, karmically, I don't know. They're not exactly even. I mean, this is the franchise that the very same year that Jerry Buss buys the team, Magic Johnson is the number one overall pick. And not only is he the number one overall pick, they won the coin flip to get that number one overall right. pick. I mean,. I mean, my God, you're going like back that like might 40 be like years. historically go, lucky. people. But if, if you're the, if you're, yeah, I just feel so old. I'm just born in '79. <laughs> yeah. You just made old. But if you're, okay. if you're Magic and Palinka, <laughs> forty years. It's been a while. It's Ooh. been a minute. But if you're Magic and Palinka yeah. now, do you knowing that he's saying I'm going to come to Los Angeles yeah. next summer? Do you roll the dice and even bother to give up, you know, Kuzma or Ingram or Lonzo mm-hmm. or whatever it might be, or all of them? Everybody, you know, all of the things. Um, I think you have to make the call. You just you just have to make the call because it, it's this is a top five player in the league and you can't you saw like they made the call with Paul George and the conversation actually I think the Pacers were more polite until they accused the Lakers of tampering but initially they were more polite <laughs> than the Spurs were nobody likes the Lakers mood changes no, though they really once, don't. once you see tampering but the mood will change well the problem is you know people's feelings get hurt. Mm-hmm. Right, like Indiana's feelings were hurt when Paul George doesn't want to stay there, and then especially when Magic Johnson goes on Jimmy Kimmel and does the whole winking thing, and the, you know that 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 didn't help. It <laughs> <laughs> didn't help. A little smug. He's Magic, too, a wonderful basketball player, excellent winning uh, smile. Man. Not a great record with talk shows, just overall, you know, appearing <laughs> on them. So took you a second. I did. Yeah, I'm, we're talking with Ramona Shelburne about this situation with Kawhi Leonard. She has a great uh, piece up right now on ESPN about w- the latest. I want to run a theory past you. You tell me if, if it makes any sense at all mm-hmm. that San Antonio would be waiting to see what Paul George does yeah. for two reasons. One, they want to make sure, okay, are we actually helping the Lakers build a super team? Are mm-hmm. we helping create competition within our own conference? Right. But also, too, the idea of, okay, if Paul George actually stays in OKC, right. then maybe some of these other teams might actually be less reluctant to trade with us despite whatever Kawhi and his team right. is putting out there. That's a great point. And I think also if you look at the salary cap math, if the Lakers don't fill both of their max spots – then they have space to trade a player into. But they also have space in 2019. Kawhi could go to the Lakers as a free agent in 2019. If they fill those two spots, max free agent spots, this summer, then there is no way for Kawhi to get to the Lakers in 2019 as a free agent, which then takes away some of his leverage, doesn't right. it? You say, well, at the, at the very least, the Lakers would be back in that situation where they were at the summer last year, right. where they could talk about two max free agents but didn't actually have the space. They would have to move it. Uh, they'd have to move someone, in this case, Lou Aldang, to, to make that space. But the, yeah. the calculus, or as Mason called Stretch Dang. Right. The, the calculus <laughs> is really interesting, though, from San Antonio, because on the one hand, if he says, I'm going there in 2019 anyway... At the very least, you could try to extract some stuff from the Lakers so that they have to at least feel a little bit of pain to get Kawhi as opposed to just outright signing him yeah, and keeping all of their things. If they sign two max free agents this summer, they can't clear another max spot. You well, can clear well, enough to trade for him, right. but you can't clear another max spot. So then he can't exactly say, I'm going there in 2019. 
if they fill both of those spots. And that gets the LeBron James part of it all. So there are just so many moving parts right now that can't be entirely predicted. Mm Mm-hmm. This is really fun. Yeah, well, you know, they have like big spreadsheets and boards and dry erase markers. That's and then like the really sophisticated people use computers, right? Because you know, please, some... please tell me that that includes this particular yeah. front office. It does now. <laughs> you it, to, it wasn't always a given. It didn't always feel like a given that they yeah. had the computers over here. So it's like so sometimes people wonder what front offices do. All day long. And it should be noted, here. we can see the war room from here. Yeah, but the curtains are drawn, so you'd have to have like x-ray vision to see what's really going on. That's true. Yeah. But we can see it. I, I there's somebody see, walking. Yeah, I can see people <laughs> standing up. Yeah, they are kind of translucent, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, you can kind of see in there. I feel like I could see more last year at the old facility. I feel like I could, I could spy on them a little bit more. Is this how you always got your, your best information? Uh, Are you like that uh, that Sports Center commercial where which which guy <laughs> was it Ovechkin like parachuted in as a Russian spy? Well, I am the, quite sure. The newsroom. They don't <laughs> ever see me coming. Hide under a table. No, your your reputation <laughs> now, Momo. People are going to be on the lookout for you. They they know your mm-hmm. sourcing. So they know what you can do. Do you think Kawhi starts the season with the Spurs or no? <sighs> I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no for right Ooh. now. I just think that every day that he go that goes by that he's still on the roster, you lose value. And I think after the comments on both sides or the bad blood on both sides, it'd be hard for him to set foot in that training facility again. Um, but <laughs> they could dare him to do it. If not the Lakers, who do you consider the biggest threat to trade for Kawhi? I always thought the Clippers. I always thought it was the Lakers or the Clippers because they can feel more assured that he would stay. However, we're getting to the point now where if it's not the Lakers or the Clippers, you look for the dark horse like Oklahoma City was last year with Paul George, like some team that feels like it's in it and is willing to take a flyer on him. Then, you know, maybe they throw a couple of draft picks out of future draft picks, a good young player or two. Like Orlando's an interesting team to me. Okay, I'm not saying this based on any evidence, but like a team like this. They've got where, a lot of stuff, if nothing yeah, else. They have a lot of they have a lot of young players, some of whom need to be paid soon. Um, and a lot of whom play the same position. I was gonna say, what do they High have? High lottery I mean, picks. In the case of like really... Orla- in the case of like Orlando where nothing's been working anyway, why right. not? Give it a try. Yeah. What's the so, worst thing that could happen? I mean, that's when you watch out for teams like that. It'll be interesting. The LeBron thing. Interesting. Paul George. It's going to be three weeks of fun. I'm very excited. Three Remember, weeks. At least. Might be uh, the whole summer. Don't roll your eyes at that. This is exciting. Yeah. The Lakers matter you're, for now. You're not reporting for two, Brian. Yeah, that's that's true. True. I mean, like, I'm sitting on. here going, if we go past July 15th. <laughs> I mean, it gets awfully hot. <laughs> <in the July laughs> I mean, like Ramona having to uh, be staked out in front of some front yeah. office in August heat. Not no, it's, you're not doing the LeBron, the LeBron no, meeting staked out. All right. uh, Ramona, thanks for coming on. We appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, boys. Uh, are you expecting at some point to hear from Mo Wagner? I was hoping he would call in I when know. I was on the air. The Mo and Momo thing. It it's going to be fun. <laughs> I think that I think he will so get too. a kick out of it. I do, too. Just like I am. Yeah. <laughs> That's some baby brain okay. right there. <laughs> is, it, is that one of those things where it's it only funny to like, me? Yeah. Uh, we're also expecting to hear from Rob Palenka. And the Lakers, of course, have two more picks to make before the oh, evening busy, is then. over. Uh, all right. So that uh, will uh, Mo Wagner, I believe, when we come back. Or I like that close you're going with it. the German pronunciation of that. It's Wagner. Good. We're not calling him Wagner. Well, most people would. His but name is Wagner. It is Wagner. We're not going to do, like, not gonna do Ma- like what Americans do with mangoes. You know, they're mangoes. Ma- <laughs> that's that's how they're actually Mama named him Wagner. I'm going to call him <laughs> Wagner. Look, Adam, Adam Silver clearly did some homework on that and came out with a great pronunciation of his name. So you got to go with it, too. All right. Thanks, Momo. Bye.
<laughs> ESPN LA. Kamenetsky Brothers live from the UCLA Health Training Center. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. The Lakers have selected seven-footer Mo Wagner from Michigan. Uh, played there for three years. Was about a 40% three-point shooter. Averaged about 40, 40, 40 points a game. 14 and a half points a game. <laughs> you have to wonder. Why did 25? he slip so long? People are wondering. About 14 and a half points a game. Uh, a pretty skilled big man. Not necessarily a, a post score, Andy, but kind of the guy that, that profiles – as a modern big, you know, he he steps outside, hits three-pointers. I was going to say, the ball. in theory, he profiles what has me, I don't even want to say concerned, because I haven't seen enough of him play, but really just curious is the... I haven't seen enough of him play. <laughs> and by enough, I mean ever. Right. I mean, I literally had no idea. It's like you might be slightly was. underqualified. <laughs> but the idea, though, of mobility defensively right oh like, sure. you know, I, and that's that, one of the things that, that comes up that's what i'm really most curious about because if he's even just competent that way you know like you don't necessarily mistake him for the way julius randall for example really developed an ability to switch and really guard on the perimeter against smaller guys but if he's just not a sieve if he's just like a neutral then he seems like somebody who can actually fit into what the Lakers want to do and the way they want to play. Right. He doesn't. He doesn't. The scouting reports don't seem to indicate he's one of these hyper mobile bigs who can come out on the perimeter and guard people all over the floor and all that. But he's probably. I we need just not immobile. Right. <laughs> so I don't think you know, based on you know, sort of educated guessing here, that he's also the type of guy that the Lakers are expecting to come in and play a thirty-five or forty-minute role. Even you know, three or four years from now, he's uh, you know. A, centers like him now, unless you are Joel Embiid and can kind of do everything, you're an 18 to 22 minute guy and you you go based on matchups and things like that. And he sort of fills a role for the Lakers that, uh, particularly if Brooke Lopez leaves over the long term, it's a position of need. Well, I'm going right now through on ESPN's uh, draft watch, the, the scouting report that was written up for him by Jonathan Giovanni. Excellent when it comes to draft coverage. Um, Take his word over yours. <laughs> I, I would absolutely, everybody listening right now, listen to Jonathan Giovanni, don't listen to me. But some of the notes include excellent size at the, at the wing, 6'8", without shoes, theoretically can play some forward despite having a wing. He's 6'11". 6'11", sorry, I misread that. Uh, but yeah, he's, it just he, sorry, it just started spinning all of a sudden. <laughs> My bad. Excellent analysis. But he's a, you know he's a he's a guy who who profiles as stepping out. I think the other thing that's interesting though too is he's another three year guy. The Lakers have have tended to go. He's a young three year guy, as a lot of the international players are. But he just turned twenty one at the end of April, so you know he does have a little bit of that sort of age upside where he's probably not capped out physically uh, and he's not capped out in terms of, of how much he can improve. So the Lakers still from there have two more picks. They'll pick 39th. Um, if you're looking at draft boards on ESPN.com or anything like that, that pick still belongs to Philadelphia. But after last night's trade, it's coming to the Lakers. And then 47 uh, is their second-round pick this year. Okay, here we are back got, with Mo Wagner again. It, it stopped spinning. Um, and this this addresses what I was talking about when it comes to that defensive ability and the switching in the modern NBA. Quote, his lack of length, inability to cover ground on the perimeter, and overall poor awareness continues to limit him as a defender on the whole as he's not much of a rim protector, struggles to step outside the paint, and remains extremely prone to foul on top of that. I feel like you're accentuating only the negative parts. No, but here's the positive, though. Okay. One of the most polished big men you'll find in all of college basketball in terms of his ability to stretch the floor, straight line drive, score out of pick and rolls, operate with his back to the basket, proved to be a matchup nightmare 
for opposing coaches. Right. So if you get a kid who can come in and is willing to work hard, understands defensive systems, you can hide somebody like that. We're just scoring a hurry, man. Right, for 15 or 20 minutes. You, this guy could maybe just come in, pick his spots, get out. Right, match up against another player who may not be dominant offensively or the right, uh, the right uh, lineup for an opponent. Uh, so we'll see what the Lakers do with those two remaining picks. There was a lot of speculation, Andy, that maybe they would roll all three of their picks tonight after picking up the one last night uh, to try to move up in the first round, to try to roll that into a trade, whether Kawhi Leonard or for anyone else. None of that stuff has happened. It's been a remarkably quiet night. The biggest trade of the evening came early when the Dallas Mavericks and Atlanta swapped the third pick, Luka Doncic uh, and Trey Young. Uh, eventually goes to Atlanta with another first-rounder. That's been the big trade of the evening. No established players have moved, uh, unless I've missed something over Twitter while we've been doing this, but it's been really quiet. Is this the world waiting on LeBron effect? Absolutely. Like just, no just in the sense that you know, even teams that know they're not getting LeBron know that they could be in a position to help facilitate somebody else get LeBron. Or you know, there are going to be teams around the league looking to position themselves to do something. So everybody's just sort of sitting on their hands right now because, like everything in the NBA, free agency revolves around LeBron. Absolutely. So we know where the Lakers stand in regards to that, Andy. They have the $70 million or so, enough to make max uh, room for two max free agents. They have the young assets that they can use, perhaps in a trade, to absorb a, somebody else's star. Obviously, Kawhi Leonard is the big name, uh, but you heard from Rona Shelburne in the last segment that that's not happening, at least anytime soon. The Spurs have no interest right now in helping the Lakers. But they, the Lakers want to be involved in every single one of those conversations. If it's LeBron James, if it's Paul George, if it's a trade where suddenly Bradley Beal comes on the market, or John Wall, or Damian Lillard, or whoever it might be, the Lakers have the assets to be able to jump in any one of these conversations, which is why people freaked out last night when they acquired the 39th pick in the draft because everybody assumed, oh, this is the beginning of something else. This is what the Lakers have been positioning themselves for for I guess almost the last two years since Magic Johnson and, and Rob Palinka took over basketball operations. They have been just chipping away, chipping it away at, I guess for lack of a better way of putting it, the fat around the roster and just looking to put themselves in the position to have the type of flexibility that forget everything that they can do, they can just make other teams nervous. Right. I mean, like, you know, everything that, every like bad scenario for you that you can picture the Lakers doing doesn't seem outlandish. They're, I mean, it's funny too. Like how they manage expectations this off season is going to be fascinating because on the one hand, they could get incredibly good really quick. San Antonio kind of capitulates, says, you know what, we'll do it now, and trades Kawhi to L.A. They sign Paul George. They sign uh, LeBron James, and now you roll into next season with whatever young players are left over, and those three guys. You are a title contender right away. On the other hand, though, and this is something that I know you've written about and you've talked about, and we've you know gone over on Twitter, and fans I think are really interested. Actually, in written about it for people who are not aware oh, on the Athletic. Right, on the athletic. Uh, Brian and I are now doing regular contributions, writing for the Athletic LA. Everybody should subscribe. Absolutely. Um, they could leave this summer with Paul George, resign Randall, and keep the rest of the young guys. They could miss all three of those guys, but just bring back that young core, maybe with a couple free agent acquisitions on the short term. There's almost no wrong answer to this, but it'll be interesting to see how people interpret it based on where the Lakers are. There's one. There's really only one disaster scenario for the Lakers that actually is imaginable in any way possible, which is you don't get LeBron James, 
Don't get Paul George. Don't get Kawhi Leonard. But in the time that you spent waiting to get the eventual no right. from LeBron, the no from Paul George, you miss out because Julius Randle signed an offer sheet and you couldn't match because you didn't know what those other guys were going to do. So you miss out on all three and lose Randle. That is really the only even semi-realistic disaster scenario. And make no mistake, that is a disaster. Yeah, that's well, that a, that is an off-season that they bricked. Right. That's but not, other than that, there's really not much they can truly screw up, which, again, is really fun if you're a and fan. It's, if you go back to Andy two exit interviews this year, the, the shift in tone from the beginning of the season, from when Magic and Rob Palenka were introduced, and it's two max free agents, and we're going to make the space, and the Lakers are going to be players again, too. We don't have to do anything. We're not going to sign guys just to sign them. People around the league see the young players. They see what we've done with this training facility that we're sitting in right now and the way that uh, the, the Luke Walton has this team playing and all of the, this other stuff. They've really tried hard to change the, the expectation from we're signing all the people to we're going to do what we think is best and trust us, it's going to work oh, out okay. okay. Here's how actually effectively the Lakers have managed to do that. And this is something I've noticed over the course of the season when we put out uh, polls on Twitter at Cam Brothers, you know, people that we hear from on, on air, and something that I recently wrote about on The Athletic, which, again, you should subscribe to. Laker fans have actually grown, I think, so enamored and so pleased with this young core that a lot of them don't want to see them broken up. Like they've actually, fascinating? Like, like, two that, years ago, if you had said we could have LeBron James and Paul George and maybe Kawhi Leonard, but it would have cost us uh, what, our young players, everybody would have said, and? Right. Why, why are we having this discussion? Right. Now you see fans that actually are interested in the idea of, okay, let's let this, you know, let's let this cake bake a little bit longer. Let's let this whole thing marinate. See what happens with a core of Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, Julius Randle. Like, the idea of their potential being homegrown players is something that is far more appealing to Laker fans, if not all of them, certainly a good consensus of them, than you would have ever imagined a year ago. All right, so the Lakers have two more picks to make in this draft, assuming no trades. Obviously, last year, of course, they were very active moving around in, this, in the second round, uh, using those picks to, to hop around Nobody the wants to trade with them anymore. Well, they, I guess not. They keep they the killed players. Um, so they're, they're 39 and 47, so we'll bring you those picks. We're expecting to hear from first-round pick Mo Wagner from Michigan and from Rob Palenka, Lakers general manager. All that coming up on the Lakers draft special on ESPN Elect.